0: In the end of Mesechta Yuma, the Gemara says, "Toneh de'Veirab Yishmoel Haroye Keri If a person saw Keri saw a seminal emission involuntarily on Yom Kippur, Yidagi should be concerned; he should be worried. Kolash on a kula the whole year. The im also leishana if he lived through the year, muftachla he's guaranteed chub enayilam abah that he has enayilam abah. Amar Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak, Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak said, Teida, Sort of the proof for this is the reason for this is shakala kuleirov. While the whole world is is fasting, is starving, so to speak, also regarding to these pleasures, marital relations, etc. saveya, and yet he is satisfied because he had this omission. He came along and said that mapish that he actually is going to have long life. Sagiu is going to multiply and multiply. Now, simply, we have to say that the Gemara is bringing the, these statements as a continuation to that which said earlier in the Gemara, where the Gemara was discussing that Haroya Kerib Yom if someone had this mission on Yom Kippur, then he could go to the Mikveh, etc. However, we need to understand, how, how is this? How can we understand that the Peyrek Yoim Hakipurim? that's the name of this last payrik in Mesech Yuma which is generally, as its name implies, a concept of tshuva and kaporah, atonement. Especially the point of the very last Mishnah and the Gemara that follows is all speaking about tshuva, etc. How can we understand that the Gemara is concluding with something that's exactly the opposite of tshuva and kaporah? Furthermore, it's something that's associated with one of, the strictest Avera, if it was done intentionally, in regards to tshuva and kaporah. It's going to be very difficult to do tshuvah and kaporan, these kind of things. And even though that's only if it's done by mazid, but from the mazid, from the uh, aver being done intentional, we could also imply and understand somewhat of the severity. Oh, even if it's done by shoygeg, even if it was involuntarily. Which we always say that a shoygeg is in some way relative to the mazid. As can be also understood when we look at the punishments of the Kaporo, we have amazing mazin and even a beshoi gege needs a carbon, etc., etc. Now even though, of course, in this case the Gemara concludes that ultimately, on the contrary, this person is guaranteed to have olam abor and to have long life and to multiply, etc. But that's only what's going to happen eventually after Yom Kippur. Something good will come out. But on Yom Kippur itself, it would seem like it's something definitely the opposite of what Hashem wants. We also need to understand regarding the actual thing itself. How can we understand that from this double negative, it's seeing this carry. And on Yom Kippur, something so amazing should come out that he's guaranteed to have Olam Haba, to have long life, to multiply. How do we understand this? So Rashi explains that if the year passed and he survived, he didn't die, then he's guaranteed that he had good deeds that protected him. And that's why he has Olam Abba, because of those good deeds. But seemingly that's only an explanation that there's something else, these good deeds that are protecting him, that he shouldn't get harmed from this thing that happened. But from the sound of the Gemara that it says that carry that itself is a sign that he's guaranteed to have Olam Abba, it seems to be there's more of a connection between them. So we need to understand how is it possible to get such a high level to be guaranteed to have Olam Abba, Furthermore, to have benefits in Olam hazeh, having long life and having multiplying with children and children's children because of this seemingly negative thing. Similar to this question, is even more difficult to understand the concept that the Gemara tells us about tshuva me'av, when a person does tshuva out of love. Now this is a Gemara a little earlier on in the Mesechta, not long before this piece. The Gemara says that when a person does tshuva from Ava, tshuva out of love, then Zdoinus, even the Averis that he did intentionally, are going to be counted as zohi, is going to be counted as merits. So the Marshoi and his Chidusha Godis asks, this seems to be very puzzling. It would seem to be that the choyte, the person who sinned, is is ending up gaining. Now he has all of these merits. So he answers that when a person does tshuva meyavo, when a person does tshuva out of love, Surely he's going to do a complete Shuvah. Surely he's going to add and do lots of extra mitzvahs, even more than what's needed compared to that avener that he has done. And therefore all of these extra mitzvahs that he's doing, these are becoming his merits, for which we are saying that he has all these extra merits. And the Masha goes on to say that the Pasek that the Gemara brings could prove this idea, because the pasuk says, When the Rasha comes back, does Shuvah from his wickedness. The also Mishpat, which means that he's he's going to be adding and doing lots of mishpat and and because of them he's going to live which seems to imply that because of all these extra mitzvahs that he's doing on top of his tshuva that's what's going to give him all of these extra merits and tshus. However the Rebbe says this is not completely understood because when the Gemara says it's the Maze itself, the intentional Averis itself that's becoming like merits, it sounds to be, that was speaking not about other merits that he's going to have outside of these doinois, but rather as if these Averis, these intentional Averis themselves are being turned into merits. But if that's the case, it's like the Marsha says it, how could it be that Khaiti, that the sinner, is ending up profiting of these Averis? Now, even though you could say that that is exactly is what the Gemara means with his that since he's ending up doing more good deeds now, because he changed himself and he's becoming transformed through the Tshuva, so now as a result of doing Tshuva on these Averis, that's what's getting him now, to do more mitzvahs, and therefore you could say that the cause for the Tshuva and from these merits is all, that, that these sorry, that you, so you can say that these various is what caused them to do tshuva and to add all of these extra merits, and you might say that this is similar to what we find regarding a star, regarding a document that we know that even though normally we assume every star is kosher, but if a star is challenged. And later we go ahead and based it, and we actually establish and confirm that it's a proper star. Now this document is going to be considered even stronger than a shtar that was never challenged. So it comes out that because of being challenged, the star became much stronger now. So you might say over here too, that because of the Aveirois, the person became a stronger person now, now an added mitzvahs, etc. And therefore we could count those Aveirois. As helping out in the mitzvahs, in the merits. However, the Rebbe says that's still not good enough, because in the case of the star, this challenged only caused that the star, this document, is now considered a stronger star. So, in our case, we would be able to say, if we would want to compare it, we would say that the caused that this person is a stronger person now. The person that Shuvah, he's a greater person. But from the Gemara that says which sounds like the Averis themselves became somehow transformed into merits, the actual object of the Averis itself, not just that the person became a stronger person. So we need to understand this. In order to explain this, the Rebbe has a look at the end of the Mesechta Yuma in the Mishnah. Before we were discussing the end of the Gemara, now we look at what it says in the very end of the Mishnah. Amar Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva said, Ashrechem Yisrael, how fortunate are you, Yisroel. miata metarin, in front of who are you purifying yourself. Umi metar, ask him, who is the one purifying you? Avichem your father in heaven. He brings a possek. vizorakti alechemayim, tohirim, I'm going to, um, throw on you, I'm going to sprinkle you with pure water. Utahartim, you'll become pure. and he brings another possek. Mikveh Yisrael Hashem. Hashem is like the Mikveh of the Eden. And ma mikvah, just like a mikveh purifies those that are impure, so to Hashem purifies those that are pure. What is Rabbi Akiva telling us? He's telling us two points. Two points, and for each one he brings a pasuk. He says, In front of who are you purifying yourself? And who is purifying you? And then he brings two psukim. It says, I'm going to spray on you. I'm going to sprinkle you with this pure water and Mikve Yisrael Hashem, that Hashem is acting as the Mikve for the Yidden. The Ragechever explains that these two ideas are really expressing two types of Torah, two types of purification that we generally have. There's something called Hazoah, which is the sprinkling of water. This is usually referring to the sprinkling of the water with the ashes of the Parah Adumah. And there is Mikveh. Now a major difference between the two are that haza sprinkling Vizarakti, you have to have kavonah that it's being done for the sake of purification. As a, opposed to taru in the mikvah, purification, the mikvah doesn't need to have kavonah. Even if a person toivled without kavonah, then he's going to be toil. Says the Rebbe, based on this, we can understand also the difference in the psukim the Rebbe brings. He says, mayim and Mikve Yisrael Hashem. Even though they're both speaking about the purification that's coming from Hashem. But in the first pasik, the emphasis is, aleichem, I am going to throw, I'm going to sprinkle you with the water. Hashem is, so to speak, causing and throwing the water. In this, so there's a certain act, there's a certain intention that's happening over here. In the second pasik, on the other hand, there's nothing happening, there's no act. It just says, Hashem is the mikvah. In other words, it's as if there's no act and kavana of purification, because in the tar of the mikvah, the kavana is not a necessity. Now, just like there's these two types of purification, from the perspective of the one that's causing the purification, in our case that would be Hashem, so too it is as far as the tshuva and the tara of the person that's going through the process of purification. And this is, as the Gemara explains, really these two ideas of tshuva meyira and tshuva meyava. Tshuva meyira is going to be associated with fear and sometimes because of suffering and so on. And tshuva meyavah, purely out of love of Hashem. That is, tshuva meyavah means that's where you have the real kavana. Your intention is purely to return to Hashem and to fix up anything you messed up. Whereas when it's tshuva a Chuva out of fear, especially as because of suffering and pain, then what's the chuva? It's not so much the actual chuva itself. He doesn't want to get punished, so therefore he's regretting it. So the Rebbe, this is now the difference in the way they actually affect the, what the tshuva does. The Gemara explains that by tshuva miyira, the pasuk says, I'm going to cure them from their backsliding, from the way they had messed up again, etc. But it's a Lashon of Rufu. Rashi explains that's like a baal mum, like a person that had a blemish. So he was cured, but to a certain extent, he's still considered someone that had a blemish before. So in other words, there's still some remnant, something left over. Whereas, in this case, the sin was completely uprooted from the outset, as if it never existed. Says the Rebbe, this difference is also going to be in halacha. If a person is makadesh a woman, and he says it's on condition that she has no averis whatsoever. So the halacha would be that if later, it's found out that yes, she did have Averis, but she did tshuva for it. If it's a tshuva meyira, so she had Averis in the past, but she had done tshuva. So, if the Averis were, if the tshuva was done meyira, then it's considered that the kedushin will not be considered a kedushin. If, on the other hand, the tshuva was done me'ava, the kedushin will be considered a kedushin. Why is that? Because in the case of the tshuva meyira it's still left over a certain remnant, so she did have Averis at the time of the Kedushan. On the other hand, if she had done Chuvameyava, then it was completely uprooted, and therefore at the time of the Kedushan, it's as if there was no Averis at all, because at that point, she had done Chuva, which uprooted any Averis completely. And as the gemara itself says, a similar idea, a difference between Nidorim and Mumim, making a vow and having a blemish. A similar sort of idea. That if a woman had a vow, he had made a condition that she has no vows. She went to a Chochem, she went to the Rav, and she was neder. She's considered mikudeshes. On the other hand, if the condition was that she doesn't have mumim, and she went to a doctor and got cured, she's not mikudeshes. Why is that? The Gemara explains. Because in the case of a nether, the Chochem, the Rav, completely uprooted the nether. Retrospectively... Whereas in the case of a doctor healing a wound, he's only healing it from now onward. So the same thing is true with Me Ava and tshuva meyirah in a similar sort of way. Says the Rebbe, this difference that we say between Me Ava and tshuva meyirah generally, that again, in tshuva ava that's where the real intention is purely to return to Hashem. Whereas in tshuva meyirah, that intention is not necessarily so much there because it's more he doesn't want to be punished, he doesn't want to suffer and so on and so forth. The truth of the matter is, even within shuvah Me'avah, there are also different levels, and we can also say that one is going to be the ultimate kavana, and the other not. And the Rebbe explains when we speak, when we say that the, when doing shuvah me'ava, the Aveira gets uprooted retrospectively, as if it never existed. That's only going to be sorry. When we say that the, the Aveira is uprooted retrospectively, that is going to be the lower level of Chuvameyava. That's not, that's not the, uh, the ultimate level of Chuvameyava. That's yes, the, the Aveira was uprooted. But a greater level than that, when there's the ultimate Kavana, is that not only it's uprooted, but that doinois, the intentional Aveiris, are actually transformed and now counted as Zuchuyoys, as merits. What are these different levels in Ava? In tshuva meyavah, so we know that generally in Ava, in love of Hashem, there's a number of levels. Generally we know there's B'chol lavav, B'chol Nafshecha, B'chol Mo'idecha. And therefore if there's a Tshuva meyavah, there's obviously going to be different levels in Tshuva meyavah, depending on which kind of Ava it was. Says the Rebbe, since we said before that the my love, the advantage of Tshuva over Tshuva Me'yira is that Tshuva is the one with the ultimate kavana, that you really want to return to Hashem. So within Chuva me'ava itself, again, the higher the chuva of Ava is going to be, that's going to be considered the real kavana of really wanting just to return to Hashem, to the extent that the lower Chuva Ismay would not be considered as having real kavana. In other words, even the chuva me'ava that does uproot the Aveira, but it's not transforming the Aveira, is not going to be the Chuva of the greatest Kavana of really returning to Hashem. The Rebbe says this idea that you could say that compared to the higher Ava, the lower one is not really considered the proper Kavona. This is similar to what the Razal tell us regarding B'chol L'vavcha, B'chol Nafshecha, B'chol Mo'idecha, that B'chol L'vavcha, B'chol Nafshecha, B'chol L'vavcha, B'chol L'vavcha, as we say in the second parsha of Shema, but there is no B'chol Mo'idecha in the third the second Shema. So B'chol L'vavcha B'chol without the B'chol moidecha, is considered as if he's still not doing R'zoi Neh the will of Hashem. In other words, the ultimate is when there's B'chol moidecha, the highest level of Ava. And the Rebbe says, generally, this is explained by the words of the Shover, that says, that in order just to remove the Avera, lo boy kavona, you don't need kavona. That's like in the lower levels, you don't need kavona just to uproot the Avera. But if you want to fix the Aveda, you want to transform the Aveda, that's where you come to the highest level of Ava, and that's the one that's also called having the greatest kavana of really doing tshuva. The Rebbe says we could sort of find a support for this idea that there's within tshuva me Ava itself we have these differences. The Rebbe says we could see this within in a clear halacha. The Gemara says if a person is Makadesh a woman and says, I'll menas on condition. That I'm a tzaddik. Now even if it's found out to be that he was actually a Russia Gomor, she is considered mikudeshes. Why? Because perhaps at that moment he had a hero tshuva. So the question is asked, either way there seems to be a problem. What kind of tshuva did he do? If it's tshuva meyira, then the condition was not fulfilled. Because as we explained before, if it's tshuva meyira, not everything was uprooted. There's still some remnants left from before, and therefore he's not a tzaddik. So why, if he her tshuva beliboy, is she mekudeshes? On the other hand, if it was tshuva Ava, she also shouldn't, shouldn't be mekudeshes. Because if he's now the proper bal that's also not a tzaddik. A bal is much greater than a tzaddik. But Makim Shemalichuva Oimdim, whereas Machuva stands, Ain't Sadiqim Gemurim Sadiqim Gemurim cannot stand. And we know that the halacha is that even if he deceived her, which technically to her advantage is something better, she also won't be Makudeshist. Some examples that Abba gives is in a situation of yuchasin, of lineage. If he said that he has a, 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 what's considered a lesser type of lineage, and it turns out that he's actually much greater than he said, or in money he said on condition that I'm poor, and it turned out that he's rich. He also wouldn't be Mukudeshes. So in this case, he said he's a tzaddik. If it turns out that he's even greater than a tzaddik about tshuva, she also shouldn't be Mukudeshes. So the answer is based on what we just said before. There are different types of tshuva me'ava. When we say that perhaps he sh- here tshuva that he had a tshuva me'ava, yes, it was me'ava because again me'ira there would still be a remnants. But it's the kind of chuvah meyava, the lower one, where he only uprooted the Aveira. And the Averas weren't transformed into Zochius. It's only when we say that the Averas were transformed into merits that's where we say that the place of a Malchuvah stands, even a Tzaddik can stand. But if the Aveira was just uprooted, then he is the same equivalent to a Tzaddik. And therefore, when he said Al-Menasheh and a Tzaddik, we're speaking about this lower level of chuvah Furthermore, the Rebbe says, if we're discussing that how did he become about tshuva suddenly, because here at tshuva he had this thought of Chuva in one little moment, certainly it wasn't the ultimate greatest kavana that we're speaking about before, which you need for tshuva Mayava, that it's purely, truly for Hashem's sake, out of love to Hashem and so on. And therefore, again, it's not going to achieve this higher level of completely transforming this doinus, the Avedis that were done by into merits and that therefore he should be even higher than a tzaddik. How do we understand this? How do we understand this, that this idea that it's only that ultimate level of tshuva where we say that about tshuva is completely higher than the tzaddik and the Avedis are being transformed into merits? The Rebbe explains that the mile of a mal compared to a tzad de Gomer, someone that never sinned, is not only because of addition, uh, uh, an addition in quantity, meaning that in addition to his regular merits that he might have, he also has the merits from those averis that were transformed into, in, into merits. But rather, we're speaking more a matter of something in quality, when we speak about this doina is nasach, we're speaking about that these merits are of a completely different different category, a different quality. And this is when we say and why we say, but Makim Shabbala Chuvaimdum at cannot even be there, because no matter how many merits that Gomer is going to have through his great Avoidah, it's still it's still not going to come to this sort of new Avoida, a new type of echos, a new type of quality of the of the merits. However, the Rebbe says, that could only be when, how is the tshuva happening? When there's that shleimus, that ultimate avaj, which we spoke about before, and the ultimate kavana, that it's really purely in the, in, in the greatest way that tshuva, as the Rebbe will soon still explain more, and only then could it really fix up the avayra, that these doinu's, these averas, should be transformed into merits. How do we understand this idea that we're speaking about, that shleimus ha'avaj, that shleimus kavana? And how only through this, the Zdoinus, these, these Aveirois are being turned into merits. So the Altreba tells us in Tanya that when it comes to forbidden food, they are Asurim, Uksurim, they are bound, they are tied down. They're called Osir, not only because forbidden, but it also means they're tied down in the hands of the Klipois forever. They can never be elevated unless a person does such an amazing great chuva where's daino is nasol kazakhis mamish that the averes that he did intentionally are literally being transformed into merits and this is the chuva that comes from aver from the love from the very depths of the heart ba rabba with a very very strong love and a strong longing and a yearning to cleave to the avester and someone Naf Shaila Hashem, his soul is thirsting to Hashem. Like a parched and barren it's land, barren soil. See, of its, why? Because up until now, his Neshama was in the place of the clip of distant from Hashem and so on and so forth. And now, therefore, he has now a much greater love and thirst to Hashem, even more than Sadiqim. As the Chachamim say, the place that the Chachamim can't stand, and it's specific, this is all the Alter in Tanya, and it's regarding this Chuvah of this great love, this is why we say, is that those Averis that were done, are transformed into merits, because it was these aveiros that brought him to this great Ava. What's the Alter Rebbe telling us? He's telling us two points. Number one, something great and amazing that happened within the person himself, in other words, that this had brought out inside of him a tremendous thirst to Asha, much greater than the thirst that Tzadikim ever have. But also, that the object of the Avera, those is amazed were transformed, since through them he came to this great love. How do we understand this more? So the Rebbe explains, when we speak about preparing ourselves, getting ready to do a certain act, we find a number of different dinim, a number of different levels in the chashivus of how much these preparations are, con- are considered and related to the actual act of the mitzvah, for example, as we're going to give some examples. So, for example, we have something called machshire mitzvah, the things that are done as the prelimin- prelimin- preliminaries for a mitzvah. And these are things that you cannot do the mitzvah without them. And therefore, they themselves get a certain, chashivas get a certain importance. According to Rabbi Eliezer, in a case where a bris has to be done on Shabbos, and you don't have the knife to make the bris milah, according to Rabbi Eliezer, you would be allowed to cut down wood, to make charcoal, in order to shape the piece of metal to make the knife to be able to do the bris, to make that knife to cut to cut the, the bris, to make the bris on Shabbos. In other words, in his opinion, most machshire mitzvah, most things that are done only as a prerequisite for the mitzvah, also pushes off Shabbos. Taking it a step higher than that, we find the Yerushalmi says, in regards to getting ready and prepared for the mitzvah of sukkah and lulav, etc. So the Gemara and Yerushalmi says that when a person builds the sukkah for himself... We're not speaking about sitting in the sukkah. When he's making the sukkah, he says, uh, he says, zivanu, la in other words, it's being counted as doing a mitzvah, making the sukkah. So too, when he's preparing his lulav. He says, zivanu, la lulav.. so too, when he's making his mezuzah and tefillin and sits, etc. Now, simply the explanation for this is, since the Torah told you to do a particular mitzvah, which could be done only if you had a certain preparation, so you have to say that that itself is also included in the mitzvah. Or, to say it a little bit differently, that this activity, this act that's being done, gets a certain cheshivus, a certain importance, similar to the cheshivus of the mitzvah, or according to shalmi. let's say, as we just said by the Sukkot, Mamish becomes a mitzvah for itself. The next level up, we have within, Haksharas ha-mitzvos, within preparing for a mitzvah, we find in the avoid of the base hamikdash specifically in bringing the blood to the Mizbeach. Now even though bringing the blood to the Mizbeach was only so that it could be done the avoida of spraying the blood on the Mizbeach, nevertheless the din is, the halach is, that as it's being carried, as it's being brought to the Mizbeach, it also gets the cheshivus and the geder of avoida to the extent that if you have the wrong thought while carrying that blood, it will make it possible. In a more general way, we find this idea that you have certain avoiders that are only like sort of preparing for something, or avoider we call it avoider she'enotam. It's considered an avoider, but because it doesn't conclude, it doesn't finish off the job, then it's not considered the, the full avoider. So they are considered avoidos that have a gather of avoider, but it's not com- considered completely the absolute full avoider because they're still going to follow something afterwards. And therefore, if a Zor, someone that was not a koyan did it, he wouldn't be Chayev Misa, because um, because it's not the ultimate avoider. Says the Rebbe, so now that we understand there's all these gedorim and things that are absolutely necessary for the mitzvah, we can apply this now in our case. Since in order to get to this highest level of tshuva me'avah, the only way you can get it, as we quoted from Tanya before, is only by having those avairis that were done b'mezid. It is through them That that's what got him now to be so feeling so thirsty and wanting to get close to Hashem. And therefore, this is what causes his mitzvahs now to be in a much greater way, in a higher way, those merits. This is why these Averis themselves are being elevated and are getting the getter of those merits, similar to Machshiri Mitzvah. However, the Rebbe says, this is still not enough. Why is that? The Rebbe says, these Machshiri mitzvah themselves, they still were not transformed and became the mitzvah. They are still being considered machshirin. They're still only the prerequisites, the preparations for the mitzvah, even according to Rabbi Eliezer, that we quoted before about the knife and the milah. In fact, even according to Yerushalmi, that says that for making the sukkah and the lulav, you make the the brocha, which sounds like it's mamash a mitzvah. It's still only a mitzvah of making the sukkah. In other words, it's not the mitzvah of the sukkah's Yes, it's a mitzvah to make a sukkah, but it's still not the mitzvah of eating in the sukkah on sukkahs. So too, when you brought the blood to the Mizbeach, it was a very important thing. But it's still, as we said before, it's not an avoida tamah, that's still not the concluding avoider. not a complete avoider. More importantly, the Rebbe says, in all of these things, it is only a preparation, it's only something that we're doing, which is somehow, it, it, at least in these things we're preparing, and we're getting ready for something that's somehow at least connected, it's in the category of the mitzvah itself, somehow related to the mitzvah. At least you're making a sukkah, you're making a lulav, you're preparing at least for the mitzvah, you're bringing the blood to the mitzvah. But in our case of tshuva, is very, very different. On the one hand, you're actually doing something exactly opposite of merits. It's not that you're preparing for the merits, you're doing something already preparing for the merits, you're doing something opposite from the merits. And on the other hand, we're now going to the other extreme, that these things are mamish counted as if they were full merits. How do we understand this? The question is even stronger. Let's look at things of divrei harashus, things that are just mundane, ordinary things, and those are the things that are helping you to do a mitzvah. So the example that Rebbe is giving is plowing and sowing and the whole Seder of gathering the grain, the the wine, the oil, even though these are the things that are going to help you fulfill the mitzvahs of true Mois and Meisris, without them you can't fulfill them. Nevertheless, we don't find anywhere that they should get the chishivus of a mitzvah. They're not even called machshiri mitzvah. And the Rebbe says the reason for that is, according to Rabbi Shimon ben Yehoi, he says that this whole idea of plowing and sowing and working in the fields is not even something appropriate. We're going to be involved in all those things. Who's going to learn Torah? Now, even though the Rabbana don't agree with Rabshim and Ben Yehoy, and they say you do have to go and work, but we definitely can understand that they also wouldn't consider it a mitzvah or Machshiri mitzvah, definitely not something that's on the highest level. They might not agree that you're not that, it was Rabshim Ben Yehoy, but they still would, wouldn't go to the opposite extreme of saying that it's a mitzvah. So how do we understand that suddenly by tshuva we're saying that it's doy neis nasal The Rebbe says the explanation briefly is as follows. By every single mitzvah we have two aspects of the mitzvah. We have the general union of the mitzvah. And that is what's all mitzvahs are equal. Chazal say this: uh, the idea of it's et soynei shalmokim in every single mitzvah we're doing what Hashem wants. Or a martyr, venas, er, Hashem says, you cause me nachas because I said something and you did what I wanted. And obviously, on the, uh, on the opposite side, if a person did an aveira and every single aveira is being over on the ratsun of Hashem. So this is the general idea of mitzvahs or averas. And then we always have the details. The examples being examples that we used earlier in the sikha, whether it's cutting off the arla, whether it's basukai's teshu, the details of mitzvahs. Now, in regards to the details, even though we are making the preparation within the object or connected to the object that we're doing the mitzvah with. Nevertheless, there's still not a part and a detail of the mitzvah itself. The details of the mitzvah; those are other details. I have to eat in the sukkah. I have to, or after. Let's go first to the knife of the milah. In other words, there's the milah itself. That's the bris. That's the mitzvah. Right now, I'm only preparing the knife for the for the milah. I'm making the sukkah. I'm making the lulav. That's not part of the mitzvah. When we speak about the details of the mitzvah, that's not part of the mitzvah of sitting in the sukkah. Bringing the blood to the mizbeach is not part of spraying the blood on the mizbeach. But what about tshuva? The idea of tshuva is as the Rambam tells us, Umay ya tshuva, what is tshuva? That the person abandons his sin, he removes himself from all of his previous ways of thinking, he decides in his heart that he's never going to act like this again, as the Apostle says, rosha Roshadarka, etc., In other words, tshuva is more in the category, or in the very same space, so to speak, of the general idea of mitzvahs, or conversely, averis. In other words, here he's taking that general commitment and desire and deciding in his fullest heart that he's not going to go against Hashem. Says the Rebbe, and in the case of tshuva me'avah, since tshuva me'avah, with that tremendous thirst that we said before, how does that brought about? was only through the Zdoinus, through that, those various that were done intentionally, therefore we say Zdoinus, the Zdoinus themselves, are now going to be like zachius Because again, here we tuned into the very essence, of what the mitzvah is, is the Ratzin of Hashem, and this person is now going with his tshuva, before he went against the Ratzin of Hashem, and now with his tshuva, it's not that he's doing, my I'm just explaining according to my understanding, what the Rebbe is saying over here is, we're not just going to another detail, and the other mitzvahs, there's one detail of eating the sukkah, and he did a different detail, he's making a sukkah. Here by tshuva we're tuning into the very essence of the mitzvah itself, so no matter which part of the aveira he did, but the tshuva is tuning into that aspect of the mitzvah or the aveira of going against Hashem's will, so it's dealing with a very, very point of the essence of the mitzvah itself. It's not like a different detail, I did one thing and I'm doing a different part in my tshuva related to a different aspect or a different detail. But again, that's only going to be, says the Rebbe, if we have the ultimate and perfect Ava, the perfect Kavono, because then, again, because of my Ava to the Eimishter and the intention of doing Tshuva, then those Doinus became mamish a part of the Avoid of Tshuva, and therefore they can be counted as Ochius. However, if it was, that was not done in the most perfect way, so even though he's doing chuva me Ava, but then we would only say that it's being uprooted, but not completely being transformed into the merits. The Rebbe gives some examples now. The Rebbe says it's at least similar to these things, or bederach, efshar, and bekitzer, the Rebbe says. So the Rebbe is first going to give some examples of machshirei mitzvah which are not in separate details of the mitzvah, but actually in the same idea of the mitzvah itself. In other words, they're very similar to the mitzvah itself, not only a preparation for the mitzvah doing something else, but as if you're doing the same thing that's going to be the mitzvah, and the preparation itself becomes a mitzvah. So the Rebbe gives an example in the concept of chinuch. So we have this regarding the carbonis and the avoides of Yemei Amiluyim, the day of inauguration of the Mishkan. That The chinuch, in other words, preparing for that, but now that itself becomes a mitzvah. We have the concept of the minchas chinuch of a Koyain. A koyen has to bring a mincha all the way. As he becomes a koyin for the first time, he has to bring a certain karbon. So this is, again, inauguration, but this itself becomes now a mitzvah. Similarly, the the father's um, chinuch, he educates his child for Talmud Torah. We say this is minah Torah. So what's happening over here? Again, a similar thing. On the one hand, it's only chinuch, but what is he doing? He's teaching him now the Torah as he's going to do it in the future. So these are all examples of things. I'm preparing for something later. It's only a preparation, but this itself became a mitzvah. And other examples related to chinuch as well. Another example that ever says, mitzvahs, generally doing mitzvahs in the times of Golos, According to the Sifri, on the Posik, Va Vadata etc. etc. that people are going to go in Golos, and then it says, is you should do all the mitzvahs. The Sifri says, even though I'm chasing you into Golos, Nevertheless, you should still be distinguished, distinguished through doing mitzvahs, so that when you come back to Eretz Yisrael, in the it shouldn't be new to you. What do we see over here in a certain sense? All of our mitzvahs these days are a state of chinuch, for what's going to be later, and yet they get now the chishiv of some of full mitzvah and other examples. The Rebbe now moves to some examples of the, to the concept of zdoyno isnasu like uloy in mitzvah itself. That means giving examples that the person is doing something that would usually be considered completely negative, and yet, in this particular case, it's being considered a mitzvah. So the Rebbe gives the following examples. First of all, we have Sayyid Amish Talayah, that's the goat that's sent off off the cliff on Yom Kippur. We have the Para aduma and the egla arufa. These are all things, Avoides, that are done outside the base of Middash. Usually, an Avoidable is the most terrible thing. And yet, these Avoides now, something that would usually be considered. A big no-no are now becoming the avoider that's causing the kapara, as the Torah calls the parah adum, it calls it a It becomes just like all the karbonis that are done on the inside, and in some ways even more a kapara than the ones being done in, inside. Similar to this, says the Rebbe, another example, Elio and Navi brings that carbon, the bull, on hara karmel, who's Shah. but again, what is, what's the point over here? The point is something that's usually completely not allowed, and now it's becoming what's needed. Now it becomes like a mitzvah. And other things similar to this. The Rebbe says a, a, something even more. The, the, there's a famous Maimir Azal, the Rebbe brings a sentanya, that says, which means we take the wood from the forest, from the tree, from the wood we're going to make the handle for an axe that's going to break down the tree. Again, what do we see over here? We're taking something that's seemingly something from the opposite to transform it, something that was usually the negative and now going to make a positive out of it. And finally, the Rebbe says, another example in the Indian of Yaharik Val Yavor. Now, if I understand correctly, the Rebbe is giving over here two examples, two opposite examples. So we know that there's the concept of pikuach nefesh, Any Avera, even all the Averas, would be pushed off because of Pikuach Nefesh. Again, my understanding of what the Rebbe is saying over here is, that what do we see? On the one hand, a person is going to be doing an Avera right now, but suddenly doing the Avera is what the Torah wants you to do. On the other hand, we also have the example exactly the opposite. There's three Averas, for which a person has to allow himself to be killed. He shouldn't do the Aved, allow himself to be killed. This, this is also an example of this idea. Usually a person is not, allow, uh, not allowed to allow himself to be killed. A person commits suicide. And here suddenly, this is what the Torah is telling you to do. So again, these are all examples of situations where something that seemed to be usually completely out of the ordinary and not allowed and so on, and suddenly they become the merit itself. And other examples, that says, kan Says the Rebbe, now we can understand the end of the Masech, someone that sees a Kerib Yom Kippur, he should worry the whole year. And if he passed through the year, he's guaranteed to have oil mabah. So how do we understand this? The Rebbe says, first let's be medayik and look at the Loshon yidakolashon about being worried all year. Why not the regular Loshon? That's a simon raloi, it's a bad sign. So the explanation is, when we say yidakolashon what is that really all about? What's he worried? This is the Avoid of Teshuvah. His worry is not so much that he's scared he's not going to live to the end of the year. He's worried because he saw a carry, because this negative thing happened. As Rashi says, that what's happening is, Maybe they weren't interested in his fasting. They granted him satisfaction in in a different way. Something that... um, In other words, a person wants to fast, you can't make him eat. But here they cause him to have dissatisfaction from having that omission, something that he wasn't doing willingly on his own. In a certain sense, we're saying, we're not interested in your fasting and in your abstaining. The Rashi says it's like a servant that's pouring a cup to his master, and the master throws the pitcher in his face. And as the Altarebbe adds, when he says this in Shulchan Aruch, it's like the master saying, I'm not interested in your service. It's this worry, this is Bainanus that's going to bring him to a higher form of ser- service, to a higher form of Avaidah. This chuv is going to bring him now to a higher form of Avaidah than what he was doing earlier. Or to put it a little bit differently, since this Raya Karibi Yom was unintentional, Yom HaKippurim is a time that a person is abstaining from all the five different things. A person is not thinking, chas v'shalom, negative thoughts, maharer Baaveira that itself is a proof that the fact that this happened is not because of his Yetzirah, this is rather by Ashgachal that the to made it happen. And since we know that nothing bad, nothing negative comes from Hashem, we have to say that the purpose was over here in order to bring him to a higher level of Avoida, to come to that level of tshuva that because of his regular Seder Avoidah, he would never be able to reach there, as we said before from Tanya. And therefore, when he has this ultimate tshuva, of Yidah Kol hashan, he's concerned, he's worried over here, he's doing tshuva, that itself brings Ohisofa not only in his Ruch Nizdik avoyde, but also Bagashmi. it adds life. Even more than what he would have had because of his Shorosh HaNeshama, because of his regular Seder avoida. now he's give, being given even more. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand why Masech Yuma and the Peruk Yom HaKippurim conclude with this saying of Aroya Kerib Yom and the connection to the Mishnah and the Sugya before it. In the Mishnah, Rabbi Akiva was speaking about the two types of purification from Hashem. We said there's the sprinkling and the of the mikvah. We said sprinkling needs Kavanah, mikvah does not need Kavanah. And then the Gemara continues and explains the two ways of tshuva by the person. We said there's the tshuva Me'yira and tshuva meyavah. Tshuva Me'yira, as we said, is not with the ultimate Kavanah because the person may be doing it because he's afraid and so on as opposed to tshuva me'ava, where he's doing it purely, that he wants to return to Hashem. More specifically, we said, within tshuva me'ava itself, there are also these two levels. There's the chuva from the lower level of ava, where it's only that his Avedo was uprooted, and now he's like an ordinary tzaddik. And for that, is even a hero tshuva is enough, with one moment, even without the greatest kavana. This is like the mikvah, without much kavanah. So this this is like that sort of tshuva, and then there's the higher tshuva, which causes doino nasu like kazachis, which that comes in the greatest level of Ava, when there's the ultimate kavano, similar to the sprinkling of the haza that we said before, as discussed at length. Says the Rebbe, this sugi of tshuva, the Gemara concludes with the two points. Number one, that muftach loy is guaranteed to have oylem That means, this level is when it's nothing new coming up. In other words, he only has all the to toivim, as we quoted before from Rashi, he has lots of good deeds. This would be similar to the person, that neker avoyne mitchilose, that his averu was uprooted, and as Rashi says, that now he's like a tzadigomor. So even though he had also kol kolashono, he was worried the whole year, and he had tshuva Kavana, but it wasn't the ultimate kavona yet, so that's level number one. But then the Gemara says, "Mapishchayi has increased life and multiplies and multiplies with children and grandchildren, etc." In other words, the fact that raw keri b'yemakipurim not only doesn't cause to something, something to diminish or a punishment chas but on the contrary, it's coming to add in more and more mapishchayi. He's adding life. This is similar to the idea of doinis naso like kizachi, is that comes from the ultimate kavanah. Now he's going to gain much more, and the chiddush in this piece of Gemara. In this very end of the Gemara, compared to the previous Sugi, where we spoke about the two levels of Tshuva, Me'avah, is that number one over here, we have it much more clear the idea of how it's being accomplished, both in the area of the Aveda being uprooted, as we just said, as well as in the Indian of Zdoin Isnasulay Kazachius. Because, when, as we said, when Haroya B'yayimaki if a person sees that carrying Yom, Yom Kippur unintentionally, we're emphasizing the idea that it was all coming because of the Ashgach HaMilmailah, and we also said that because of the yida Kol he has the Shleim, Sakavon, and Tshuva, that the, that seeing this caused in him, aroused in him, and therefore, the Zdoinus HaNasul HaKezachius. In addition to this, we also have the Hesopha that comes from Tshuva, that brings out the Gashmi, the Yarech Yom, that he has long life, and ultimately ultimate reward of Bonim, or Bonim, Oiskim Betoira,